Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I want to talk to you about the sun and its connection with the humanity. Um, And maybe we could just start with the kind of definition of the sun from the spiritual perspective. So what is the sun from the spiritual perspective? Hmm. I think before I can answer that question, we have to make a couple of things clear. Yep. What you mean when you say the sun is the most immediate star that is a part of your um, immediate surroundings. Right. So if I were to define that aspect of the sun, you would get a definition that might be a little less satisfying than I'd like to provide you today. So, you know, one of the you know ancient hermetic principles that governs the universe is as above, so below, right? So when you ask me on the spiritual level to describe what the sun is, I immediately go to the central sun. So simply put, let's just imagine that there are different layers, right, of this universe from moving from micro to macro. And because of that, um, the smaller layers mimic the bigger layers and the bigger layers resemble the smaller layers. So there are a few suns out there in the universe. There is the sun that governs your solar system or the most immediate representation of the solar energy that you see in the sky. There is the sun that is the central sun of the Milky Way galaxy, right? And that is the closest definition of the central sun or the closest star planet Um, that resembles the energy of the central sun um, as far as the galaxy is concerned. And then, of course, there is the universe that um, also has its own central sun. And, you know, there are many, many layers um, up and just as many layers down, infinity. So when you're asking me what is the sun from the spiritual perspective, the sun is the embodiment of the great masculine energy. Whether we're talking about the smaller epitome of that or smaller embodiment of that, a greater embodiment of that, doesn't really matter. Mm. Uh, It is the embodiment of the divine masculine, if you will. Um, And thus, it is the embodiment of something that has materialized, of the material world. And by material, I don't mean just something that is connected to cash or money. I mean everything that has matter or substance to it. Right. Makes sense. Okay, so this this is kind of the sun is the representation of divine divine masculine that Correct. has a representation in this 3D world. Correct. I mean, obviously I can keep going and, you know, uh the sun is the central point of life force energy. Um and um in general, it is the culmination point of life-giving forces to put it simply Mm -hmm. interesting okay and um are they all connected like the central sun the our sun yeah like uh, like the russian doll yeah um they're absolutely are connected you can even say that they're all based um around a central axis so if you were to envision an axis um a vertical axis going from down to up. Um, all the suns, all the true suns, are actually going to be 
penetrated by the by this axis right in the center and then they would just be moving from bottom to you know from top to bottom if that makes any sense but they would always be revolving around the common center it is just that the dimension of that center would be quite different mm -hmm. got it but when you talk about the sun um like is it the same entity is it the same kind of I don't know even how to put it. No, it is the projection of the original entity and its mirror image. It is not the same. It is not exactly the same. It's not the same level. Is it like the the higher, the more information it contains? Kind of. So you are a projection of your higher self. Right. Right. Or rather a certain aspect of, of your higher self, yeah, not like your higher self. Yeah. In its entirety. Hundreds, right. Yeah. And, and then of course your higher self can have thousands, if not millions uh, of projections. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the sun, right. The central sun, father sun, I don't, I don't, I want, I'll, I'll, I'll use it loosely that gave birth <laughs> to all the other sons. It's a very loose terminology because that's not entirely what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, encompasses all of the aspects of the divine masculinity and as it sets to project itself into lower dimensions if you will and uh microcosms different levels of microcosms it splits its consciousness into a myriad of different ways yeah so your immediate sign of the solar system is a projection and a certain aspect of that masculinity but it's not the full a holographic image of that aspect now hmm. okay so it was kind of a little bit unexpected <laughs> because um so in this case like if we talk about the sun yeah um does it make sense to talk about the sun that is visible here in the solar uh, uh system or like if we talk about the central sun, it's going to be a completely different topic, for example, because it's so much bigger and the kind of uh, like all the stars that we have, it's like this part of the central sun, for example. Yeah, so we can talk about both, actually. I don't know if that makes it more complicated. We can also take it as, as it comes. Um, at this point in time, each of you have an ability to connect with both the immediate solar system sun and you know any layer above it to some degree including the central sun like you have that ability innate in you hmm. so to say as a child of god as a child of source you have that ability i want to say though it is going to be most immediately relevant for us to talk about your immediate sun because it is the sun that a is the star that is responsible for quite immediately feeding your energy stream. It is in close proximity to you and by definition in this world, in this matrix, in this universe, however you want to call it, you're mostly impacted by the things that are in closer proximity to you and less impacted by things that are a little bit farther away. Um, and then because this sun aspect is limited as it relates to the greater sun, Yeah. It is actually most immediately important and vital for you to understand this aspect of the sun and the lessons that it holds, as well as the resources that it holds, as opposed to trying to understand this the sun that is farther away. So, you know, it's if we are talking sun 101, yeah. it'll be this immediate solar system sun. As soon as you get that, as soon as, as soon as you fully comprehend that, we can expand and build on that and say, okay, well, if you're missing this particular type of energy, maybe you can go to central sun instead. Or if the amplitude or the power of this sun is not enough for you, you can always leverage the power of the greater sun. Yeah, I think that we have to walk before we run because it feels like it's the same kind of approach with chakras, for example. You don't start with the crown chakra. <laughs> you kind of have to understand everything else before um so but i would really like i guess to learn more about our sun first yes. in this episode uh like can you maybe tell about this sun from the spiritual perspective like what it means what does it do or like maybe um 
like what role does it play in people's lives i mean the sun just to be clear right the sun is the sun and this is a sun in the, from the aspect of masculinity right yeah. um there are certain things that remain the same about the sun's energy it is fuel to your bodies right yeah. you are an antenna that is built to absorb sun's energy as the number one life force energy right and then covertly you're powered by the sun even through things that you don't feel uh are necessarily related to the sun right so you're um you're eating a lot of plant life and animal life and neither of that would exist without the energy of the sun and with plants quite literally mm -hmm. right because of photosynthesis yeah. um and and the plants obviously feed the animals and then for those people that eat animals it still comes from the sun energy right mm -hmm. um yeah. so so sun is the beginning and sun is the end in many ways um so your solar system in the grand scheme of things um is quite small right so it's, it's a very small planetary system and it's a quite a small sun which is not to say that the lessons that it can teach you are somehow irrelevant or you know uh, of a lower quality of some sort not at all um it actually presents quite a wealth of lessons so this particular sun has to do a lot with the aspects of identity. Uh, who am I? What am I? So this is the type of the line of questioning, right? Because a sun as an entity, um, and in this particular case, I'm talking about your sun, immediate sun, yeah. has a consciousness. And the level of I don't want to say struggle, but the line of questioning that that consciousness has would translate to the line of consciousness that humanity has on planet Earth because you are fueled by that sun energy. So that frequency, that vibration is being translated, transmitted directly from sun to you and <laughs> hmm. your head hmm. <laughs> straight into your um, all of your open centers. Yeah. And so some of the same line of questioning and struggles that this sun is dealing with you're going to be dealing with hmm. so one of the central issues for the solar system sun is the issue of identity of what am i who am i what do i stand for right so this particular sun um is quite far removed from the greater sun actually in in, in terms of time and space reality right and it's also a very small and unique projection um, a part, you know, uh, so a part of this projection, which makes it kind of like a little bit strange, it's almost like a little bit of a mirror projection where it's able to mirror certain things from, from its father son energy, but it doesn't always know itself. So unless it sees itself in the mirror, it's not able to say I'm Y or I'm, you know, Z or I'm X. Right. Hmm. It's um, so basically it's in the process of understanding itself and building its identity through the actions that it takes. And that is the energy that's being transmitted here on Earth. So one of the central themes for humanity on Earth is who am I and what am I and what is my mission? A lot of people spend, uh, uh, maybe not mission, but like purpose, right? Depending on your My level, purpose, like what yeah. am I meant to do? What am I supposed to do? Why am I here? All of these questions, you would be surprised, are accentuated and amplified around the planets that are governed by the sun because they're a mere reflection of these sun's energies. So issues with identity, personal strength. Am I strong? Am I not? Do I have the power or the right to do certain things or not? Should I conform? Should I not? You know, should I go my way? Should I go the, the society's way? All of these issues are the issues of identity, hmm. right? Yeah. And these are the issues that this particular son is grappling with. Hmm. A beautiful set of issues, but it has an immediate impact on people. And then, like I said, how does it get to know itself is through being like through its actions being reflected back at him right now of course with the sun it's a little bit different um the sun basically you know governs the planets 
right? So it'll get feedback energy from these planets, right? So on the planetary level, in the same way that you have a relationship with your mother, with your father, with your children, with your best friend, the sun has a relationship to its neighboring planets. So its self-identity stems from its relationship to other planets. Hmm. And because... It requires almost like it's, it's like a mirror type. It takes a mirror type of approach to understanding itself. One of the critical issues on this planet today, which is the same exact issue that the sun is facing, is relationships. Because the way the sun gets to know itself is through its relationship with Venus, with Saturn, with Jupiter, all of its buddies, right? Yeah. Etc. And all, uh, some of these other planets that, you know, humanity is even unaware of. The invisible planets. That's a whole other subset of issues. Um, And these are all of your karmic relationships and past life relationships and all of the things that come out of nowhere and impact you, right? That you didn't didn't even know. Hmm. Or, you know, the the people that you, for instance, it might be the president signed something into law. You don't know the president, but it sure, sure impacts you, right? So one of the central themes that this sun is dealing with in its own, um, on its uh, in its in its own personal evolution path, is relationships. How do I relate to other? Am I a good enough son? You mm. know, do I matter enough? Am I serving my quote unquote subjects in the right way? So the way that this is going to be mimicked in humanity is: Am I good enough daughter? Am I good enough son? Am I good enough father? Am I good enough mother? Am I good enough friend? Am I good enough boss? Am I a good enough employee? Like. That whole concept of am I good enough is completely borrowed from sun energies. And uh, is it because the sun is at the particular, like, I don't know how to put it, but like the uh, period of his lifetime and that's why he is living through this relationship struggle or it's his purpose for the lifetime? Okay, so you're asking a complicated question, but I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're asking it because you're, pff, we're gonna have to go deep. The answer is twofold. Mm-hmm. The fold number one, <laughs> reason number one, is the greater sun as it was making its projection into this version of itself, right? Yeah. What had an issue around self-identity, so that was the initial aspect like the greater sun wanted to get to know its self-identity and explore that under a magnifying glass right that's right relationships Mm. is um an issue that is a um a twin issue to self-identity because it's me versus other i cannot really understand me versus other because identity is the byproduct of separation so what is it in my separateness that i am versus the other and what are these others in, in the relationship to me, right? So again, all starts with identity crisis, actually the issue of the yellow chakra, right? So oh, that's why a lot of um, humanity sun has chakra. messed up yellow chakras, by the way. Yeah. Um, so this particular sun, right? The central sun projects itself into this smaller aspect saying, hey, with my particular quote unquote incarnation <laughs> or split consciousness, I want to study this issue. Hmm. At the same time, at the same time, there is another consciousness that comes, right, and incarnates into this smaller solar aspect. For that consciousness, they also want to learn self-identity because for them, their next level up personally as an entity yeah. is to understand self-identity. Is it the same kind of soul that like the or like the level of soul? Because we have people incarnate in human bodies, like souls incarnate in human bodies. Same happens with planets and suns Correct. and stars. Yeah. So uh, beings, so to say, they can incarnate into a mineral. They can in- incarnate into uh, a planet. You know, they can incarnate into a system of planets or a galaxy. You know, all everything has a consciousness. And it's just a different type of learning experience. So mm. yes. So basically the central sun wanted to experience this aspect and like understand who he is. Yes. And that's why he kind of invited 
he created this sun and then invited the soul to kind of experience it so kind of yes and no so um he created a projection like a material projection with which was part his consciousness and uh, it's like a symbi- symbiotic type of relationship mm-hmm. um so multiple learnings can happen in parallel so it's and again like i hate to say this as above so below like we're kind of started with this and it's yeah. a little bit complicated but in the same way that there is this original source consciousness and we had this episode on source at one point that you know you're spitting image off right so like your soul so to say is is a byproduct of this original source right um and then you as its image like on the one hand it happened because the source wanted to know itself through you right right yeah but then you know like it didn't yet it's not knowing itself uh, through you until you're going through experiences. So ultimately, ultimately, in this grand design, it's still the source energy trying to understand itself. But in this particular instance, the way that lesson is happening is through the entity of the sun, Hmm. the central sun that created another projection into this minor sun. So technically, it's a collaboration of the central sun consciousness and the source consciousness getting to know it, themselves and each other. Hmm. That is the symbiosis that you're seeing here. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm trying to figure out now is that, like, again, if there is a soul, uh, the soul can incarnate into a human body or into a sun. There is kind of no difference for a soul. Um, or both or both at the <laughs> same time right yes yeah yes well w- when you say does there is no difference for soul yeah there is a difference there is a difference which is not to say though that being a human is so much worse or like i mean the same yeah, soul the can soul choose to be matter, right? the sun a human and an ant or a bug or whatever mm-hmm. at the same time and neither one of these is more valuable than the other. It's not like, oh, because the sun is technically bigger, it's so much better than being an ant. Yeah. Because sometimes your greatest results as a soul, your greatest quantum leap happens from the most unexpected place. So this soul might, quote unquote, incarnate in these three aspects and get the most out of its ant incarnation. Yeah, it's just because like from the human perspective uh it's like the sun is so much greater than the end and uh that's why you like it's not oh, greater it's different it's different yeah it's different but for the soul it's, it's just different right that it's not more or less significant right absolutely not oh that's interesting it's it the, from the higher perspective it's not quite as simple and again like the dimensions of something bigger versus smaller is completely disproportionate to the lesson it holds. And the most valuable thing for the soul is the lesson. What is the lesson that I'm learning in this body? Hmm. And it's the body of the sun, or it's a body of an ant, or it's a body of a mountain, it doesn't, or it's a body of a human. It's a, a body. And a body is just a physical object that is inhabitable hmm. in matter. And inhabitable by who? By soul consciousness. For the purpose of what? Evolution personal and then universal evolution got it so because the sun's purpose affects our uh, i guess purpose of struggles on this planet as well is it the only purpose or the sun probably has many different uh, purposes it's not even the purposes, the energy and the like the, the personal struggle that it's dealing with. Of course, it has multiple. Like it's not a single dimensional type of entity. I just mentioned the most important, like I and mentioned the, the, the number one struggle yeah. of identity. Got it. Right. That's why a lot of people experience this issue. Absolutely. The and they will keep experiencing that issue for as long as the sun experiences this issue because like attracts like. So as you are selecting an incarnation as a human, you had a whole menu of options. You had a slew of options and you decided to go and study under this master because the sun is your master. It's your guru. It's your father aspect. 
So there was something for you to learn in this dichotomy, in this relationship. Now, whether you are aware of it or not, the moment that you incarnate there, you know, in the physical body, there is an umbilical cord that connects you to your mom and you know that, but there's also an umbilical cord that connects you and the sun. And so by definition, the moment you draw your first breath, you are energetically connected to that masculine consciousness. You're energetically connected to it and you download uh, like the lessons or the struggles or the vibrations and all of it, right? Oh, I see. And you go through that together in the relationship of a child and a father where the son is the father energy and you're the child energy. Hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, not related to the sun uh, question, but in case if the sun is the father energy, what would be the mother energy in this case? The cosmos. The cosmos. Yes, I was worried you're going to go there um, because you probably expected me to say the moon. No, not the moon. But there the is moon. no central no. moon. No, there is no right? moon. Yeah. <laughs> there is no central yeah. moon. Yeah, <laughs> there is so much confusion, oh my God, with feminine energies on this planet. Even, even with people who are incredibly spiritual, quote-unquote, hmm. who think of themselves as incredibly connected. And no, unfortunately, I hate to break your heart, moon energies are not really divine feminine energies. Or should I say they're just like such a little baby pond of divine feminine energies that, you know, there it's it's not an equal force to the sun. Right. So the greater cosmos energy. So almost think of it as, you know, cosmos is a is a soup of dark matter with um, croutons of planets floating in it. So all of the croutons of planets, all the meteorites, um, you know, any type of bo like cosmic bodies that have a shape and a form and a mass and a center of gravity, they are all representations of masculine energy. Hmm. Yeah. The great cosmos, the soup, the actual liquid is the feminine energy. And the condensed feminine energy are the black holes, the dark matter. That's the condensed feminine energy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Now, now it makes sense. Okay, we're gonna have another topic about uh, feminine energy, <laughs> uh, the cosmos, and um, just going back to the sun uh, topic, uh, because it has um, a consciousness, uh, do does it does it have a name? Because I know that in in the past people were worshiping the sun. It had many different names, many different deities. Does it have like a name? <laughs> You're asking a complicated question because it has many names. Mm -hmm. It has many names. It has, technically speaking, when the central sun makes a projection of itself, it gives itself, it gives that projection a name. But then the soul that now inhabits that sun also has a name. And then what people have been calling the sun is plenty and that has a name if you want to call it Ra, it wouldn't be incorrect but this is just one of the names and one of the aspects of this consciousness so basically one name kind of has a limited perspective or like you know how when you say Ra, it means that you only talk about a particular part of the entire but it sun. is also a very important part that is the part that deals with self-identity uh -huh. actually so um and that's why it covers like the most important aspect of the sun as it relates to humanity and the lessons it can teach humanity so it's almost like the the the, the teacher aspect of the sun would be called raw mm, okay so if you want to access a particular a specific part of the sun you can kind of use a particular name in this yes. case. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Can you maybe just quickly talk about different aspects and different names? Just interesting. Like if Ra is this identity. There is also Horus or Horse, um, you know, yeah. depending on which 
culture. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, um, not methodology, but like mythology <laughs> yeah. used, right? Um, that is actually the aspect of masculinity. Um, so whereas Ra is the teacher, it's almost like the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, the wizard and the the wise, the sage. The sage, yeah. Um, so it's like this very wise aspect of the sun, almost like with a long beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it's a, it's a little bit of a philosopher that's been through struggle, but also has, you know, the sc- like the battle scars to show for like its, its self-identity crisis. The Horus aspect of the sun is actually a very playful aspect of masculinity that has selected one identity aspect. And that's a very strong, powerful aspect. And it's, it's a little and everything is like, and is oblivious to all the other aspects. So horse like is is perfect if you want to just be fueled with pure sun energy that has no doubt, you know, it is unstoppable, is playful, is loving, is accepting, like all of the like the great aspects of the sun, which is a part of the identity, hmm. would come through this very youthful aspect of the sun. Uh, but it's also a little juvenile, like it's like a you know a twenty year old man, um, whereas the raw aspect is like a ninety eight year old man. Like it depends on which son you want, right? Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes, you know, in in things like innovative projects or starting something new, the energy of raw might be detrimental because you're like, okay, raw is jaded. Let me tell you. He is jaded. He's like, okay, well, why would you start this project, dude? Like, pfft, you might not even, like, that might not even be your, like, purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you talk to horse, the horse is like, okay, let's get going. I'm happy we're doing this today. Okay, yeah. you're totally going to make it happen. So these are the different aspects of the sun. By the way, I don't even have to know the names, right? right? To be able to understand the, you know, that you can be fueled by these different aspects. And that's the beauty of the energy of the sun, by the way. Hmm. So the energy of the sun is perceived to be white, but really it is not. It is the, all the colors of the rainbow that collectively give you the white energy. So here's how it works. And it's, you know, I'm going to give you an analogy because, you know, you kind of like want to play along with me so that you can understand. Each and every one of you, you guys are walking in tennis for sun energy. And it's almost like on top of your heads, you have like a little vessel or a bowl that's empty. And it was made for the sun to like give you its energy. But it doesn't, A, depending on the day, you require different energy frequency. And the sun has all of it. The ultraviolet, the infrared, the whole spectrum. You name it. It has it. The visible, the invisible light, like literally a lot. It's like a powerhouse (laughs) Hmm. um, of... Uh, the electromagnetic uh, spectrum. It's a powerhouse. It has it all. Um, Now, you might be, quote-unquote, hungry for a particular kind of energy today. And so the sun might just give you one aspect of its ray. Oh, like this person needs the red or this person needs the yellow. And it's not quite as literal as your chakras, but there are some similarities between that. I'm just kind of like really dumbing it down so that you can can understand, Uh right? So the sun can fuel you with whatever energy... Uh, you require today but like so it's like people are walking around with these balls in their heads and some balls are thirsty for blue and other balls are thirsty for green and other balls are thirsty for white actually so the combination of all energies and the sun as it you know reaches your head knows exactly what energy you're thirsty for today and they you know the energy that you need today from the sun is different depending on what emotional state you're in Are are you dealing with loss and grief for instance, it, that means that you're requiring something so, uh, like a different kind of energy. Or, you know, are you trying to, are you, are you cramming for exams? You know, do you need stamina and energy and, you know, uh, maybe confidence? So it'll give you something else. You know, are you a mother that is carrying a child in her womb? Then you need a whole other different kind of energy, right? So you need all the nurturing energy you can imagine. So the sun can feed you whatever it is that you need today. Right. And it's not that it just gives everybody the same kind of energy. So the sun as the great father is actually very intuitive because the umbilical cord goes both ways. It goes from you to the sun. It goes from the sun to you. And the great father 
in its in like the father energy in higher aspects is very nurturing and very understanding and it's not going to give you something you don't want or you don't need just because he said so it's actually very perceptive energy so it would rely on you to transmit back to him whatever coordinates uh, or whatever things that you're lacking right yeah so it's actually very important for people to be fed by the sun and that feeding can only occur if you are in the sun for at least a few moments every day without your head covered hmm. a hat a baseball cap anything that co- um hoodie anything that covers your head prevents the sun from getting the exact frequency from you to be able to inform the sun what you need exactly so because the sun like if you cover your head or if you're not in the sun if you're indoors all day because the sun cannot get that energy uh, or uh, the, the codes it's it's almost like um what is your order today it's like in the restaurant you're ordering hey can i get like a, um i don't know broccoli so the sun as it connects to your open head is getting that order <laughs> and it can fulfill the order but if it doesn't get the order it either you know it cannot send you the energy that you need hmm. so it might be feeding you but in all the wrong ways if that makes any sense yeah it makes sense so you need a direct connection and just by kind of sending this coordinates in the meditation is not going to help no uh i mean it it could make it better but also the thing is most of the this is such an intuitive slash subconscious process mm-hmm. that more often than not you're not even aware what you need oh. in the moment right so it's it's not it's not a very conscious process at all so no i don't think just pretending that you know what you need I- via meditation is is the way really all it requires is three minutes if it's cold two minutes even um, outside without the covered head where you can see the sun or you know like where you, I, I know sometimes there are cloudy days but like where you know the sun is out like it, it can be a roof on, on top so anything that's a barrier what about the you, glass same you mean same as a barrier yeah it is a barrier it is a barrier you you cannot you have to be outside yeah oh that's yeah. interesting uh, it's less of a barrier but it's still a barrier yeah i see what you mean okay so the like connection to the sun 101 uh be outside for a couple of minutes a day to kind of send the coordinates yes and and and, and, um shall i say not at night when the sun is up in the sky when you see the sun basically (laughs) yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's not enough to be outside. Just be outside when it's midnight. Yes. You have to see the sun. Correct. Okay. Just because we already talked about the... Um, it's kind of like a ritual almost, right? Um, but I was... I've heard about sun gazing. Like, wh- what is this? Like, how does it... Does it help you to connect better or get something from the sun? Yeah, so it's, it's twofold. Uh, first, sun gazing is a ritual is a reminder that a it's a daily habit right which is exactly what it just said the thing is the sun will do its best to feed you for <laughs> in advance meaning every time you're meeting up with the sun the sun is gonna like do its best to stuff you for like the next six months however it doesn't know what your needs are going to be tomorrow not yet not truly that thing has not yet transpired so it might not be sending you that energy that you need so the the ancients uh, a lot of ancient um you know tribal cultures had sun gazing as a practice uh, something like a ritual that they practiced every day so just the everyday factor in and of itself right the fact that there is an acknowledgement and a gratitude exercise that you do with the sun on the daily ensured that they were fed all the right energies from the sun and could get that daily. Now, mm-hmm. a couple of things on sun gazing. Um, there is a lot of fear on this planet around the sun energies. 
you're going to get blind, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. There is a lot of fear. There are a lot of misconceptions about what the sun does to you and what the sun can cause for you. Yeah. Especially in the last 50 years mm -hmm. or so. Of course. <laughs> Look at all the SPFs. Look at all the skin cancers. Look at all the tanning, tanning beds and, you know, for the backlash that actually they caused and, you know, all of the quote-unquote scientific studies that then caused the backlash to the sun, right? Yeah. Humanity is scared of father energies. Most humans, female or male, don't have a phenomenal or great relationship with their father, as a byproduct of that, or there is an aspect to them that's afraid of their father energy, like their own human father, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a byproduct of that, you know, the relationship between humans and the sun is not what it's meant to be. Has it always been that way? No. But right now it's not in its great state and it's actually going downhill, not uphill. It's, it's fastly... It's quickly deteriorating, hmm. right? So more and more people are spending time indoors. Thank you, COVID-19. And more and more people are going to keep spending time indoors with the use of technology. So, you know, the moment humanity stepped on this technological path, thank you, internet, the connection with the sun has been severed even more, right? Yeah. So this umbilical cord that connects you to the sun like is all messed up right now for each of you individually and for humanity collectively. So there is a lot of fear. Fear is one of the predominant relationships that humanity has to the sun. Did you know that there has never been as many people allergic to the sun as there are today? It's a new freaking thing, people. It's not normal to be allergic to the sun. It is not normal. And I'm not seeing it getting better, actually. Progressively, it's going to get worse. More people are going to be allergic to the sun than ever before. Because again, we're, you know, humanity is withdrawing itself from a healthy relationship with nature, and sun is a byproduct of that. And more towards a technological society where, well, why do I need the sun? I don't. Actually, the sun is dangerous for me because it can cause skin cancer. And, it, you know, it can give me an allergy and whatnot. I don't want to be all itchy. So stargazing. Because yeah. I went on the rant a little bit. Stargazing is... St sun gazing or stargazing? Oh, stargazing. Sorry, sun gazing. S thank you. <laughs> sun is a star. So yeah. it's... Technically, Basically, I wasn't same. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there is stargazing also, by the way, but sun gazing. Thank you. Sun gazing is meant to be a ritual between a human that is in harmony with the sun and the sun that is in harmony with a human. In that state, no amount of looking at the sun can hurt your retina. I mean... In that perfect state of harmony, you could look at the sun 24-7 in broad daylight, noon. Nothing is going to happen to your retina. Hmm. That's So basically, it's like a simple test. Look at the sun if you can handle the sun. I, I would not recommend that, by the way. <laughs> I would not recommend that. That's why there are so many caveats and there are so many warnings that have to come with sun gazing. Oh. Because humanity, right? Don't forget, even if it's you cultivate, such a bad state right now. yeah, even if you personally cultivate an amazing relationship with the sun, you are still a cell in the grand human body. So you're still part of the human collective consciousness who or which has a messed up relationship with the father son. So I actually would not recommend that hmm. at all because all kinds of things could go wrong. However, sun gazing in small, quantities is a path that could help open up that relationship back again hmm. and get it straight but very small doses right that's why you want to start 
probably first thing in the morning or at dusk or the sunset. Yeah. Because these are the times where the sun is in its less potent state, right? Is It's not in its full power yet. So because it's not in its full power yet, potentially you can still handle it, right? Yeah. And you want to start with very, very small amounts of time. You maybe want to start with like five, ten seconds initially, right? And then as you personally develop that relationship with the sun, and by the way, sun gazing is just one aspect of working on that relationship. It's not the aspect. Right. Um, part though, a part of that daily ritual could be like a, like an outcome of that is feeling fully energized and ready to do exactly what you need to do and handle exactly what's in front of you because you will be fed from the source itself, mm-hmm. right? On a daily basis. It's better than breakfast, right? Mm. All these pranic eaters or the, the concept that, you know, is so hard to believe in. Is it possible on planet Earth? It is possible. But what that requires is complete sync with sun father energies. If you're not in complete sync and haven't practiced that sun connection, pranic energy is not going to feed you. And it's not going to be able to replace real food for you, no matter how hard you try. Mm. And that aspect alone could take you decades to cultivate. If not longer than that. And by the way, you already wouldn't, you would have need to be born into a lineage of pranic eaters. Hmm. Because part of it is also hereditary, right? Yeah. Let's, let's DNA. not forget that, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's all interconnected and we're just, um, a reflection of our ancestors. So it cannot just heal your relationship with the sun. You're going to have to heal the relationship of your ancestors to the sun. So stargazing is a good place to start though. Baby steps, 30 seconds a day, first thing in the morning, right? Which would actually require you to wake up really early, which is yet another aspect of the sun relationship that has been messed up with humanity. So our biological clock are out of whack, completely out of whack. They are supposed to be tuned into the sun, but they're suppo- uh, the, what they're supposed to do and what they're doing are completely two different things, which is another, another symptom of this degraded relationship with the sun is the fact that people don't naturally wake up with the first rays of the sun and don't naturally go to bed at dusk, right? Well, we, I guess we don't need to, quote unquote, because we have electricity now. And on the one hand, we don't need to. But on the other hand, our biological bodies, our physical bodies are connected to the sun, whether we'd like it or not. And the number one function of the sun governs is metabolism. So that's why they recommend you not to eat late at night because your metabolism is so slow. The sun is sleeping, you guys. The sun is out of commission and it governs your digestion, by the way. So no, maybe it's not a great thing to, you know, have a late night snack. So all I'm saying is that there are, you know, in just relearning what that relationship with the sun should be or could be, you could fix a lot of issues in your body and your day-to-day life, as well as um, things like depression and anxiety is actually a byproduct of a messed up relationship with the sun. Um, part of it is, and I don't know if you know that, but um, depression, anxiety, and just like overall level of happiness really dwindles in, um, in the wintertime. Hmm when uh, humanity doesn't get as much sun naturally, right? When there is less sun, there is a complete correlation of people feeling like more depressed, more upset, less happy, you know, because of course, you know, as vitamin D and all of that, you know, secretes the, the hormones of hop- happiness, do- dopamine, ser- serotonin, when, when you look at the sun and um, when, when you experience in sun rays on your skin. So when you're not getting enough of that, you're not getting this natural hit of, of the hormones, right? So people actually, you know, they're, they're starting to feel that, but because they don't, because they're disconnected from the sun and because they don't know it's actually quote unquote normal in the winter time, because that's supposed to be a hibernation time. The winter time is not when you take on your most important projects. 
the winter time is not when you're expecting crazy tremendous growth from yourself on something that is the time for you to keep the tally of the things that you've accomplished maybe do the planning do the postmortem like you know really look at the year and what has you know has happened but don't take on anything aggressive in, hmm. in, in between December and March. Not a great time. Now, people still do because we have the nine to fives and, and the societies that are so messed up. And then they get depressed and anxious and, you know, they don't like, oh, I don't have the resource to achieve what I need to achieve. Of course, you don't have the resource. The sun is chilling. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. Because so you should be chilling. Basically, people when the massive action should happen is during um summer yes and usually people have a vacation yes during the summer well but you know why and they work during winter yeah but you know why because they work through winter and they wore themselves so thin it's like a battery that is dead Hmm. because they were pushing so hard all winter and they're pushing so hard that and then, you know, eventually the resource just depletes so much that unless you freaking have vacation in the summer, you're, you cannot function. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, that's it. I'm checking out. And generally by your summer vacation, you're so depleted. Like, unless you take vacation, you're done. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, that's why. Not for any other reason. Okay. And by the way, summer vacations are good, at least for the from the perspective of um, people are in the sun and they're finally getting the vitamin D. They're finally out of and about. So, of course, it feels good. Yeah, because in at least of- they're getting their batteries replenished. Thank God. <laughs> in a lot of places on Earth right now, like during winter, it's really hard to get the sunlight, right? Yes. Um. So, but kind of just trying to understand how you can recover this connection the sun gazing is one of the techniques and just being outside and uh, have a direct connection with the sun it has to kind of help you to feel this uh, ball of sun energy right that you need for the day is there anything else because there are many different practices probably oh my god that you can thousands. Do, right? thousands thousands uh yeah can you share some of them that and why would you even do them because maybe just going outside is enough and like start not start sun gazing um like why would you even do this are there any benefits of honestly living? if you spend three minutes of your day every day you know just communing in a communion with the sun yeah that's all you need that's all the meditation you need because the love of the father is given it's not earned it's not taken it's given so the sun wants to give to you you just have to get out of the way Hmm. (laughs) you just have to stop like putting impediments in the way right so no you don't have to work hard at your relationship with the sun it's already there it's already there you just have to enable it right enable it like start at least starting with like even if you don't have three minutes one minute a day at least initially reconnecting with the sun energies right like every relationship if you've never said hi to the sun you don't have a relationship it's impossible you cannot have you cannot be best buddies with someone you never greeted in your life so the greeting exercise is really important, right? You, you would greet the sun every day. Hello, Father, Son. I'm really grateful to you today for, you know, shining for me and for, you know, feeding me with this beautiful energy, you know, and just be quiet and, you know, in, in, you, know you can start, uh, start, you can sun gaze or you can just in your mind's eye connect to the center, to the heart of the sun, right? That place that, you know your uh the the umbil- umbilical cord that connects you and the sun um there is a place that it goes into within the sun so find that place within the father son that you're connected to 
And, you know, initially you just want to be present to the fact that there is a connection already, that there is a thread that connects you and the sun and that there is energy going back and forth like a busy highway at all times, right? And then you just want to, and, and when I say like you have to get out of the way, I truly mean it because anytime there is a blockage or like when somebody is not receiving enough a solar energy, the blockage is on the human side. It's on the on your side. It's not on the side of the sun. Hmm. The sun is never the issue in this particular relationship because mm-hmm. it shines for everybody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there are some of you that have either a hard karmic situation connected with father energies, misuse of father energies in their past life, or something in their lineage, or just some trauma that would prevent you from connecting to the sun. So in, in, and, um, in about 20% of humanity, it's, it's quite bad, right? So working through those issues, and even if you don't, if you're unaware what the issue is, you know, you want to, for the, for those types of people, the energy is not going to be incoming at the, at the, in the amount that it's needed. It's blocked, right? Yeah. So you want to unblock it in the meditation. That's really like the first thing that you would need to do is you would need to clean it with gold white energy or water, you know, uh, holy water, if you will, uh, spiritual water type energies. You want to just unblock that connection. In meditation, you could see it quite clearly. It's like this blackness, like darkness that really prevents the light from going through into you from the sun. So you unblock that, you release that, all of a sudden, you know, that highway opens up and things start going back and forth, hmm. right? Again, yeah. like you don't, you don't need to work hard on your relationship with the sun unless there is big trauma. That makes it sense. happens naturally. Now, n- noting the different things, right like really being in the sun as much as possible living in the house or apartment or whatever that has a lot of sunlight you know understanding the natural flow of the sun would enable you to understand your moods better would enable you to better handle stress would enable you to live a happier life would enable you to have a better digestion better health all of it right comes from the relationship with the sun Hmm. now there are a ton of different exercises there are sun breathing exercises you know there are sun showers you can take literally every morning that you take a shower you can imagine that that sun energy pouring over you and Hmm. it will be sun energy pouring all over you you can have sun cocktails or sun teas you know when you make a cup of tea a cup of coffee in the morning you can just imagine that it's filled with sun energy and that you're drinking sun energy in. Hmm. Now, of course, it needs to be safe for you to drink sun energy. Because if you have trauma connected to your father, first work through that. Because it'll never feel safe for you to drink the sun, quote unquote, unless you have a healthy relationship with your father. Right? So to heal your relationship with the sun, start with healing your relationship with your dad. And vice versa. Yeah, that makes sense. To heal a relationship with your dad, heal your relationship with the son, because they're one and the same on some level. Because if you're not able to receive fatherly energies, you're not going to be able to receive them from either of the two sources, your own personal human dad or your celestial father. You're just not in the receiving mode from the father energies, right? Yeah. As As a person who likes to go like all nine yards and like when you do practice, you know, uh like is there is there a reason for a person to kind of understand and connect with the sun energy as much as possible like for example when you do some planetary work and you maybe have to borrow some energy and then you can borrow it from the sun or maybe some other cases um Yes. Yeah. So manifestation is the byproduct of your connection to the sun, your strength of manifestation. 
which is in essence the skill of mat- materializing something that does not yet exist that you want, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to become a master manifester, connecting with the energy of the sun and really going the whole nine yards would make a whole lot of sense for you. As well as when you are quote unquote lost in that self-identity crisis. And when you're trying to understand what's mine and what's not mine as far as like, does society want me to be a doctor or is it my path? (laughs) Because like some people are so lost that like they don't even know what their true north is anymore. They're so confused. Yeah. with conditioning and like just needing to be good for their family and like needing to be accepted and can you know not wanting to be a cast out so um you know if you're trying to find something like the source of your inner happiness meaning the activity or the mission or the path that would make you feel most fulfilled and on you know in your own identity in your own shoes almost in your own energies you want to strengthen your connection with the sun. Hmm. Uh, an aspect of masculine abundance also dwells in the connection to the sun. Because you're only as abundant as you're steady as a man. So you first need to find your center, be grounded and be steady as a rock before you can find your key to abundance. Hmm. I see what you mean. Because abundance would never come to somebody who's too wob- too wobbly in their core. Yeah. Like neither here nor there, like always worried, always like anxious. I don't uh-huh. know. Is it me? Is it not me? What should I be doing? I don't know. Everything feels wrong. I don't know. But I don't know what to do. Huh. So these these types of energies are there. They would never attract abundance to you. Abundance for a man, for a guy comes from a very core source, like a source of self. Right. And again, for, for a woman also, huh. um, a, a female relationship with abundance is, is, is somewhat different. It doesn't, uh, you know, actually comes from the energy of water and actually connecting with the cosmic mother more so than that. But like the thing is, she should still feel loved because for, wo- for a woman, the healthy connection with the sun is her safety. Before she can go and pursue abundance as well as before she can go and be nurturing to her children or her husband or whoever else is dependent on her she needs to feel safe and safety is her connection to the sun energies so for any women that don't feel safe that have a lot of fear whether that's a physical fear or an emotional fear like a fear of paralysis you know or you know if you have been abused as a child you know, strengthening your con- uh, condition, connection with the, with the sun is paramount because that needs to happen first, again, as a grounding exercise before you can go out and be who you are in this world, including a- attracting abundance to your family. So all of these things are tremendously important. And then, of course, if you want to be healthy, if you are not healthy, especially if it is a chronic condition, or some type of disease that is either very serious or close to lethal and kind of came out of nowhere, fix your relationship with the sun. Because most disease is, has this emotional layer right, to it. Mm-hmm. And that emotion, if we were to break it down, has everything to do with identity or identity as it relates to relationships, like literally 99% of disease of what you're doing versus what you should be doing. Not on the path, you mean? Yes. And the the fact that you're not on the path is an identity issue. Because because if your identity was straight, you would be on the path. Yeah. Because if you identify as a doctor, but really you're a, a, a builder... You are never going to be happy until you switch that identity of who I am. Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? What am I meant to do? What are my special talents, et cetera, et cetera? What's suppressing those, God forbid, which is actually, I say God forbid, but it, <laughs> it's everywhere, right? Yeah. People are suppressing who they are in order to conform. 
especially some cultures. There are some cultures that they say, like, you can either be a lawyer or a doctor. That's it. Good luck. What about everybody else, right? Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, a lawyer and a doctor is a little bit of a limiting perspective. Right. Okay, so basically, I bet there are more cases when you need a stronger connection with the sun. Yes. Right? So anything that has anybody uh-huh. with heart disease, people, your connection to the sun is messed up. Anybody with blood pressure issues, your connection with the sun is messed up. You're the first people in line that should be going and fixing the, your connection with the sun. You don't have a weak heart. You have a weak connection to the sun and to yourself. Identity crisis. Just saying. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So in this cases, it's not enough to just go outside and uh, kind of receive the energy of the sun. That right? already is going to be a massive step. Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. 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 I, and of yes. course. It's but I mean, of course, if you're terminally ill, I mean, I kind of just prescribe that for like four stage cancer. Right. Yeah. But, you know, yes, then then you can do you can you can practice, you know, all other things. And again, nothing that I'm going to say here refers to a cure for stage four cancer, because that is really, really, really late in the game. Yeah. Most people stage four cancer are checked out completely. That's why they don't heal. So because it's impossible to heal it's because they're checked out. Right. They're like I'm done. I'm out of here. But going back to the sun. So all because sun is the the light is is the center of life force, right? Is the center of that pranic energy. And breathing is your connection to that energy. All of the practices that connect the sun and breathing are exceptionally, exceptionally, exceptionally effective. Hmm. So all types of breathing exercises, if you do breath work, you know, you could just, you know, in and, and there are so many different breath types, but if you were to infuse sun as, you know, like I'm every time I'm breathing in, I'm breathing in the energy of the sun, you know, your practices could be so much more impactful, so much more fueling, so much more just healing in general, hmm. especially if you have a weak sun connection. But you don't have to be uh, in the direct connection with the sun, right? So you can... No, breathing exercises can happen anywhere. Yeah. Yes. Even from the apartment. Yes, right? it can happen anywhere. Now, of course, if you are in the sun... Multiplies the effect. Yes, it's even better. Got it. Okay, that's really cool. Um, awesome. I, I think that we can separately talk about, like in another episode, about other practices that you can do in order to manifest, right? And uh, to heal, for example, as well. Yes. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I think as the beginning uh, for us to understand the sun energy better, I think it's a great start. And uh, now I'm going to end our session. Very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to visit to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.